0: Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And uh, this is your podcast for February 3rd, 2019. Super Bowl Sunday. Woohoo! Right? Uh, no Rams. <laughs> That's for my son, William. I, I, I think we're, we're recording this in uh, Fishers, Indiana, so uh, I think it's fair to say that there's a, there's a large contingency of our... Of our parish and population that does not want to see Tom Brady and Bill Belichick win yet another Super Bowl, um, but uh, but that's not the point of this podcast. Of course uh, not. Um, that's um, down the dial a little bit, but I'll talk about it if you want.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: focus, no, uh, focus. it is a, uh, it is, it is a, uh, it, it is obviously, uh, uh, it owns, it owns Sunday evening on 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 February third. It will. Uh, so that's a, uh, that's just the way it is but uh, but uh, um, I wanted to start off today I don't I still am not I'm not getting any questions from shortcut at HfEC.org so I'm gonna continue to make some up but uh, um, but uh, please I encourage you to, if you have any questions either about Bruce, uh, uh embarrassing questions for me, I'm more than happy to, uh, we're more than happy to take those. If questions about the lectionary, would the readings, uh, readings past about the Episcopal church, about the Episcopal church, uh, anything you really want to know, um, uh, uh, how to install a three-way switch, you know, we'll give it our best shot. So, uh, but, uh, like I said, feel free to, to email us at shortcut at hfec.org. Um, so in light of not having uh, an actual listener question, uh, Bruce, I wanted to ask you, uh, just so that we can uh, uh, give a little color to your background, uh, what what kind of things do you like that are not church-related? Well, I
1: like Malorea Roading, and the day we're recording this, this is a big train show Uh, here in Indianapolis. And actually the day that, for which this Sunday is focused, there's another big train show. So this is the time of year where there are model railroad shows and I enjoy going to those and Mm -hmm. picking up crazy little uh, models of crazy little things like outhouses and building those and putting those on my basement Empire as they say which is ah, not very big
0: you, but but you have a you have a track down down yep. in the basement and yep runs through the ductwork and uh, <laughs> and up the stairs and you know.
1: no but our when when we were house hunting my our realtor joked about this was the first time she needed a basement for trains and a room with good light for art because that's
0: uh, my wife's hobby it's, that is that is quite a combination. But mm-hmm. they're both very uh, very creative and in a way very similar, I think.
1: Yeah, but, uh, we get to cross-fertilize and We can borrow supplies
0: from each other and all, so it's yeah. a lot of fun that way. So the crazy little outhouse that you bought ends up in a painting. Actually, <laughs> kind of does. <laughs> uh, very good, very good. Uh, I also wanted to uh, – um, I got to ask this question a um, uh, week or two ago, and so I thought I would bring it up on, on – on this podcast, I was asked how do how do you describe this podcast? And after having um, a moment or two to realize I have no idea how to describe what it is that we're doing, um, I did want to at least define the way that I view it. After giving it some thought, Good. is that uh, this is a this is your your peek into the window of a personal Bible study that I am having. <laughs> with uh, with my priest here uh, at Holy Family and if you can learn from my embarrassment uh, or or share in some of the questions that I have uh, then then hopefully you've learned something from it or hopefully it informs you in some way on your journey but uh, uh, it is that's uh, probably about the best way that I could describe it it's it's an embarrassing peek into the window of a, a one-on-one Bible study. <laughs>
1: I, I would drop the embarrassing, personally, because I think you ask very good questions.
0: I also, I also have a very, have a very high threshold for embarrassment, so I, I guess I, in that in that <laughs> another regard, another reason to drop the word. <laughs> another reason, it's hard to embarrass me, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: i when people have asked me, I say it's a conversation between two or three people about mm-hmm. the scriptures coming up, and hopefully, folks get have their own curiosity uh, stimulated and perhaps. Even the Holy Spirit inspires them to something we don't even mention, but sets their mind off on the proper road with God. Yeah, very good.
0: Very good. Well, uh, in light of that, I will move on to today's sponsor. Uh, So I am very proud to bring you today's sponsor. Do you enjoy all the tradition behind Christmas Eve and Easter Mass, but feel a little something is missing when you get home? Are you a smells and bells kind of Episcopalian? Love scented candles then Holy Family Episcopal Church has a product for you. Introducing (laughs) Incensi. Beautifully handcrafted candles, lovingly infused with different types of church incense. Housed in 22 or 16 ounce crystal jars, Incensi brings to life the memory of the Holy Spirit right in your very own home with three distinct scents. Israeli Amber with smoke thick enough to choke out an elephant. Ethiopian myrrh with a touch of priest's burnt arm hair, or Mediterranean frankincense mixed with a hint of charred finger from the poor 15-year-old acolyte who tried to light it. Incensey, giving you a little more holy in your life, one candle at a time. So we'll start taking orders for that, right?
1: I was going to say, that's right up there with the um, White Castle candles (laughs) that you can buy at the Burger (laughs) Shack. That's
0: a little insensitive. <laughs> uh, really, I yeah, I line I line that up and, just and to say. And just for clarity,
1: your name, your the names that mention countries are based on actual real church incense names. Oh, so you, I you I, didn't just pull those out of a hat. No,
0: I literally researched uh, uh, incense for churches, and those three are actual styles and, yep. and locations that, uh, that that some of these. Uh, um, smells are, are come from yeah um i don't know as if i personally could pick one out of a lineup there were also some that were a little bit more generic as in like a forests something or other <laughs> and you know once, Camp you, fire once you burn something mixed with charcoal it's not exactly like you know oh that's sandalwood with a hint of <laughs> it's just kind of like <laughs> <coughs> particulate matter <laughs> Holy spirit's a little <laughs> strong today, father. <laughs> but, uh, so yes, thank you to Incensi, which, uh, uh, I'm sure at this point, will you know, somebody probably could if, if creative. And, and, and if you make candles, you probably could make such a thing. And
1: actually, I think
0: they have. Oh, have they? It's yes. The idea, I did, I did. Well, not so much with the,
1: with the, Specialized church incense, but mm-hmm. I know I've seen candles for frankincense
0: and myrrh. Yes that I have so, seen and, Which and you can
1: also a church could also buy for right. their Christmas And Eve's I saw incense.
0: I saw a fair number of incense sticks for home use mm-hmm. uh, that that uh, home and church use I think they, they're they designed yeah. for both, but uh, those same uh, senses that you put in inside the um, I'm gonna forget the name of it the thurible the thurible Thank yeah. you thuribles going on my list for... <laughs> Who's going to sponsor <laughs> down the Road? Um, but uh, but uh, yeah, they had versions that were both the mix that you put inside, thurible, and and then uh, incense sticks that you could put um, in your home or in. I've seen some places put them inside, like kind of like a pot. Now. Right.
1: I think we've so, gone down the
0: rabbit hole now. Far enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> Smoke it <laughs> out and get it to back to the surface. You don't want to have a whole thirty minutes on uh, on on uh, frankincense, myrrh, and uh, amber uh, related. Uh, the, uh, Thorough discussion of the differences between the two. Um, yeah, no, let's let's go on to something a little bit more important, Jeez, a little more relevant. <laughs> so uh, this week's readings, we start here in Jeremiah, verse, or, sorry, chapter one, verses four through ten, and that reads this way. Now the Lord, sorry, now the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you, were, before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, truly I do not know how to speak, for I am only a boy. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am only a boy, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and you shall speak whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, "Now I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to pull down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant." Um, this is a this is an interesting um, grouping of, uh, of verses. In that uh, it's it kind of um, it's kind of like a, a pep talk, uh, in a way. Like you know, don't think you're you know just. You're nothing you know, oh that's I,
1: true yeah. this is
0: that you know I, I i have special plans for you and, mm-hmm. and and you can accomplish far more than than i think what you're thinking you can accomplish um so book of jeremiah written by jeremiah or written about jeremiah or do we know probably by a jeremiah-ish person gotcha <laughs> oh, a, a fan oh, or
1: or <laughs> i mean we don't know if there was a fellow walking around. We don't know for sure if there was a fellow walking around named Jeremiah. But it does seem like that most of the book of Jeremiah is by the same author mm-hmm. and uh, gathered at different from different eras of the author's life um, and about a figure who, in modern times, being the last two thousand years modern, we call Jeremiah. Okay. So unlike other many other books. In the Bible, this seems to be pretty much a single author.
0: Okay. Okay. Unlike, uh, what was that? Uh, I, was it I, Isaiah? Yeah, has three different. It still blows my right. mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, but written about
1: the same time as Isaiah. Okay. It's written at the time.
0: How do we? Is it just because of one of the genealogy lists or something? That...
1: Well, in verse one, it does say the kings that he served that, okay. during which um, he existed. And some other uh, literary clues and things like that reinforce mm-hmm. that. So he is writing during the time of the of great military upheaval, including Jerusalem being destroyed, much like parts of Isaiah were okay so we've and so we've had that theme uh, in the last number of weeks uh, in the first readings in the Hebrew scripture readings of this time of turmoil and exile and return of, um, the Israelites to, to Jerusalem, you know, leaving Jerusalem, coming back coming to back. Jerusalem, lots of wars <clears throat> in between.
0: Hmm. Um, I found it kind of interesting. The, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the verse 10, uh, the, the different things that he's being appointed by God to do. Um, and, Mostly, and maybe this is just a, a one-off for me that it, it struck my ear strangely, but I don't think I've ever heard, to pluck up and to pull down, uh, to destroy and to overthrow, that make you know, I understand that line, and to, to build and to plant, that makes sense, but I don't know if I've ever plucked up, I guess, and, and to pull down, I kind of pluck up maybe I can envision, like, weeds or... (laughs) Like, I'm not... Those are actions that don't quite... I'm not entirely sure what the author is saying, like, what what that relates to.
1: Well, part of it is that this is actually verse 10 and the... Basically starting with verse 7. It's poetry. Okay. So it's a poetic construction that actually in the English works very well. Pluck up, pull down. Mm -hmm. It sounds poetic. The... Um, with the consonants being repeated uh, as well as some of the vowels, and so that's that's a big reason for the the term, but it's um, also there's the dimension of the king not being the one who gets to do this, that the prophet is plucking up and pulling down rather than the king. And that's a huge difference from what people would expect, particularly Mm -hmm. as they are witnessing or being victims of numerous wars caused by various kings who are plucking up and pulling down and being assassinated and their replacement does more plucking up and pulling down. Mm -hmm. Uh, But here the prophet is getting to do those things, but not through violence, but through God's word
0: interesting so so it's it's uh, establishing kind of a, a level of importance to prophets that that maybe people didn't at that point in time um, grant to that kind of a position of, of you know you're here to convict my my you know my inner my soul my
1: or know, better yet his soul his soul, soul.
0: <laughs> but uh, this is kind of talking about how you know these actions will, will be much larger than just like your inner spiritual
1: turmoil right. or, or, it's the whole wide world we're talking about. Right. Uh, And the other dimension of it is that people, just like now, really thought prophets would be in in agreement with themselves rather than having something bigger, better, um, wider than we would imagine possible. Hmm. So rather than the prophets saying, oh, the the king who just – Conquer the neighboring country will fall. There's a prophet saying God cares about the whole wide world and we have to have compassion and love and justice and mercy. You know, that's not something that fits into many people's then or now's political agendas, for instance. Mm-hmm. And so to have the king no longer the primary force in the society. But instead saying the words of the prophet are is was radical in the time of Jeremiah just as it would be and is yeah. now.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Anything else about Jeremiah? I mean gosh, there's little, so much there. Tidbits, snippets?
1: Uh, yeah, just one one thing. In verse seven, uh, it says, But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am only a boy, uh, for you shall go to all whom I send you, and you shall speak whatever I command to you. That's not necessarily a chronological condition of i'm eight years old Mm. but it can also be metaphorical for i'm not spiritually mature enough to take this gotcha.
0: yeah i'm not yeah not mature enough to to answer this call that you think you're right calling me for
1: and so in order to make it relevant for any of us reading it regardless of our age or gender it's important to see this as a metaphor again for am i spiritually sophisticated enough trained enough To be someone who carries God's Word and part of what this little passage talks about is yes you are God Mm -hmm. will give you what you need to say in the moment as is written so many times through Scripture Mm -hmm. including here
0: so it's kind of like God saying it doesn't matter that you're spiritually immature because I'm there and Mm -hmm. I am ready
1: (laughs) very good very good way to use it I may steal that in the sermon A win will, for Ben. I,
0: I will. I will take it in the crowns <laughs> or uh, jewels for my crown. I... <laughs> One smart thing said a year. Not I'll a bad say, year. Not a bad year. Better than last. The rest of I,
1: <laughs> the, rest, the rest of 2019 is gravy. That's right. That's right. Um,
0: okay, so then moving on to 1 Corinthians. Yeah, and this is a, a good transition thought yeah. for that. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. This is a fairly uh, famous chapter. This is the love chapter. Found on posters all over oh. America. Uh, all over <laughs> bedrooms in in, in, uh, in uh, college and <laughs> Bible college anyway.
1: I went to Berkeley. It
0: wasn't, <laughs> wasn't prominent there. <laughs> Zz top. easy time. A different love chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, so, First uh, Corinthians uh, chapter thirteen. We start right out there in the front, and mm-hmm. we do uh, the first thirteen verses here in this lectionary reading. If it is the entire chapter. We, oh, that's right. It is the entire yeah. chapter, isn't it? Um, I was going to say. I knew it wasn't that long. I guess I didn't realize that thirteen verses was was the whole.
1: Yeah, whole thirteen. Part, but... I've done enough weddings that I. <laughs> Would amuse myself read the by whole thing. thinking about oh chapter
0: thirteen is thirteen verses. <laughs> hey, there you go. That's a that's a good way to, good way to remember it. Um, but uh, so it so it reads this way: If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging symbol. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. Love never ends, but as for prophecies, they will come to an end, and as for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know only in part, and we prophesy only in part, but when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, and the greatest of these is love. So yes, flashbacks of uh, my wedding, I believe, right? and, and plenty plenty others, I'm sure. Uh, uh, hard to get married if you don't read love yeah. chapter, I mean come on
1: it's a good one it's a good one
0: um i do like how there verse 11 kind of uh pairs nicely uh, uh to use more wine terminology uh with the first reading uh talking mm-hmm. about but hey i'm just a boy right um and uh kind of acknowledges that uh um um part of growing up is just simply um is is, is uh putting an end to childish ways and 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 you know behaving like an adult is to be like an I guess is, uh, that at least that's been my takeaway, and uh, that, that's why I'm still at least a window open for me to behave like a child every now and again. Because you know, all I have to do to be an adult is to behave like one. But you um, don't have to be one. But I don't have to be one. You know. Um, although I guess that verse does put a little level of permanence in it that I have yet to yeah. find. <laughs> but. Um, but, uh, but but the, like I said this is a fairly famous uh, mm-hmm. a well-read chapter and um a lot of that should seem familiar. So for those of us who have read this maybe you know a dozen times, two dozen times, three dozen times. What's the what's something that we we skip over or maybe has not been brought to our attention from from these readings?
1: Well, one thing that I find fascinating is that if we put this in the context of the entire letter of 1 Corinthians, Uh when he's talking about these concepts, these images of love is not boastful, all that sort of thing, he's actually referring to specific instances he mentions in other places in 1 Corinthians of how the community of 1 Corinthians is misbehaving. Oh, okay. So we we read this independently, or on you know, on the poster on the dorm wall, mm-hmm. and can just think, yeah, those are nice things. Those are nice sentiments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But actually, this is part of Paul yelling at the Corinthians and saying, "Dudes, you cannot boast. That is not the Christian way. Mm-hmm. You cannot, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. Right, right. So it's not a romanticizing of what, say, marriage love is. It mm-hmm. really is Paul trying to say what makes for healthy community, what makes for faithful Christian attitudes, what makes for a better world. Mm-hmm. So um, if you, it, it, it's kind of fun for priests anyway, and, and other people who love diving into scripture to look around in 1 Corinthians to see where these particular um, poor qualities are. Are mentioned, what's that uh-huh. context? And then, Mayways, this is the Paul driving it home of really, you can't do that uh-huh. and
0: be part of Christ's love. So chapter thirteen is more like the, uh, the the bring it all together kind of chapter. Yes, like I, you know, remember all this stuff. And and if I remember right, in a podcast prior, you had recommended First Corinthians as a single read. Yes,
1: to sit and, down and, and perhaps just, this
0: is one of the reasons why. This is one of the big reasons why. Okay, yeah, that that, that is interesting because I seem to remember in uh, somewhere that, that you know First Corinthians a, a prior reading had spoken about um, prophesying and speaking in tongues, right. and so that so that's this verse talking about like hey. if if you have all of that but you know you you do you say or do or say this stuff out of malice then and you know what's the point oh, it's meaningless, <laughs> it's right meaningless.
1: yeah right and it's i'm among many people who at times has trouble with paul's specific instructions um in some of his letters particularly the ones that that seem to put women on a lower tier but this is one of those places where i really Agree deeply with Paul and find mm-hmm. him inspiring of it doesn't matter what you're doing, if you're not doing it out of God's love, it's going to explode mm-hmm. in a bad way. Right. <laughs> and I've seen that that happen over and over, where people are doing good deeds, but out selfish motivation so the good deeds get poisoned mm. and eventually get twisted into the selfish
0: desires. Of the person doing it, and chapter twelve is is talking about how um, sometimes we get blinded by the, the the situation of the moment, or you know, caught up in where we are today, because it's talking about for for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. So uh, you know,
1: right, first twelve, kind of right. kind of like
0: a reminder of like think a little bit further on ahead, think bigger picture than and you no, know. And be humble about what you can't
1: cannot see. Mm, mm-hmm. That there's there's nothing worse than, I take that back, there's plenty of things worse. But one of the <laughs> challenges <laughs> that Christian communities face, and any community, is the notorious five-year plan. Huh, where, yeah. where we try to say, oh, five years from now, we want to be this, that, or the other thing. And doing a certain amount of that kind of uh, planning is important. Mm-hmm. But we always have to do with, the knowledge of verse 12 in the back of our minds that we really can't see forward five years, that that's well beyond our knowledge or abilities, and so we have to be very humble and have a great deal of humility as we do planning, as we look at at life, even about what's going to happen tomorrow, because we just don't know. But if we stay instead deeply rooted in God's love and act out of that. Mm-hmm. All those will add up. All those days of living out that love will add up to a great five years. When mm-hmm. We look
0: back. Uh, very relevant then for us that this comes up uh, for this week because our our uh, vestry retreat is Saturday. So that's right. So just remind them of chapter twelve. If you're if you're listening to this and you're on the vestry. Just Spoiler keep alert! <laughs> yeah, keep it keep it in mind. Right, you're well you're well informed ahead of time. So right, uh, and then I, I hey, you I, get extra credit if you mentioned you heard it on the podcast. There you go. There you go. You get one exemption from one committee. No, I'm just kidding. You no, know, I don't think we can go that far. <laughs> uh, I'm taking an extra cookie. There you go. There you go. Uh, and then uh, uh, as an almost as an aside, I just have I love the fact that uh, the the verse you used the word abide. Because uh, it just makes me think of uh, uh, the dude abides, but that's, <laughs> yeah, and no, now faith, hope, and love abide. So the dude, dude. abides. <laughs> oh goodness! So um, let's go bowling. Yeah, <laughs> that sequence is weird. <laughs> just thinking about that dream sequence is just weird. Mm-hmm anyways, so uh, anything else about the love chapter? We could go on and on, but we better just cut it off at this point. There you go. Uh, so Luke uh, is the gospel reading Luke chapter 4 verses 21 and 30. and this first verse should sound familiar if you're if you listen to the podcast regularly, you will recognize that we actually have overlap here from last week, the last verse of last week of of, of as we're recording this this week's uh, lectionary reading and uh, and the first verse of this one is uh the same mm-hmm. uh so if you remember right uh jesus had just stood up read from the scroll sat down and then uh said then he began to say to them today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearings and then i made the comment of it being a mic drop uh mm-hmm. and uh and and you alluded that well there's more after that so here's <laughs> where we get to. The, that's right here's where we get to see what the more is uh, Picking up here in verse 22 and then continuing through 30, it says, All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. They said, Is this not Joseph's son? He said to them, Doubtless you will quote quote to me this proverb, Doctor, cure yourself. And you will say, Do hear also in your hometown and the things that we have heard you did at Capernaum. And he said, Truly I tell you, no prophet is accepted in the prophet's hometown. But the truth is, there were many wid- widows in Israel in the time of Elijah, when the heaven was shut up for three years and six months, and there was a f- severe famine over all the land. Yet Elijah was sent to none of them except a widow in Zarephath, at Zarephath in Sidon. There were also many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them were cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. When they heard this, all in the synagogue were filled with rage. They got up, drove him out of the town, and led him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built, so that they might hurl him off the cliff. But he passed through the midst of them and went on his way. So as I, I read this, I have to admit, I don't quite follow along as to the insult. So ah. can you explain to me, because um, right there in verse 22, they're like, oh, I see. He's so, so amazed by it, and, you know. One, isn't this Joseph's son? So clearly, you know, he grew up here, and they're kind of surprised that, you know, he has mm-hmm. such wisdom and so thoughtful and so amazing. Uh, but then it turns, <laughs> and I'm not entirely sure I follow to the point where I would want to hurl him off a cliff. So, walk <laughs> us through uh, uh, where how what he says takes that positive sentiment and turns it negative. Uh, to the point where uh, they're kind of chasing after him
1: well one of the interesting things here is In Matthew and Mark's Identical story to this one. It, it's much shorter and Basically those two stories leave out the positive response hmm. that instead he teaches and the crowd immediately is wait. Who does this guy think he is? He's the son of the carpenter, mm-hmm. and they try to throw him off the cliff, um, or they or Jesus cannot perform any miracles because of their unbelief is the way that Mark that Matthew phrases it. So Luke is taking a story that he is familiar with from Matthew and Luke, mm-hmm. and has added. The the tradition that he's familiar with about what Jesus said, uh, both in a sense good and bad in terms of the crowd, those are not in Matthew and Mark, and therefore gives a motivation for the crowd be, getting upset because what Jesus is talking about is two instances in the history of Israel where. The people of Israel did not benefit from God's miraculous intervention. Mm-hmm. But instead, non-citizens of Israel, people from the outside, Gentiles, were the beneficiaries, even though there are many other people in need within the community of Israel. Mm-hmm. So the crowd in Nazareth is saying, wait, you're saying we're not going to benefit from the Messiah? What? This is nuts. You... And hmm. okay, it's certainly. I don't condone stoning a p- false prophet, but that's what they begin to enact that mm-hmm. they that to give them the benefit of the doubt, they're not ticked off simply that the guy they saw growing up is trying to put himself higher than others. They really do think this is a dangerous heretic who's going to draw people away from. The, the true path of God's righteousness and love. Mm, mm-hmm. And so the way you deal with that is you stone them. Uh, so that leads to the cliffside. It's not time for Jesus to die. And so he's able to slip through the crowd. There's also that dimension of if this were happening in real life, people saying, you know, we're getting pretty close to that cliffside and this isn't the right thing to do to anyone. And they let him get away. And gotcha.
0: So their hearts were changed.
1: Yeah, and, they were softened. Gotcha. To use sort of a biblical term, but it is fun to see in a in a Bible study fun sort of way um, the line about "Is this not Joseph's son?" Mm-hmm. Because those of us reading today who know the whole story say, "No, it's not. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> this is God's son." Right. Whereas in the other two gospels that said this is not mary's son which you could say well yeah yeah it's mary's son Mm -hmm. so luke really turns up the volume on who jesus is in this encounter
0: yeah that's interesting
1: that's almost biblical trivia but it's fun
0: yeah well that 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 really helps me a lot in in that yeah because that so he's basically and 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 if uh, correct me if i'm wrong here but there were still during this period of time there were a number of of uh, what would be called fa- false prophets. Oh yeah, uh, that the people were. Uh, um, I, I would say it was fed a lot by the people hungry for the Messiah sure. coming. Um, but there were there were a number uh, and and I think at one point in time and I can't remember if it's one of the gospel readings or, or, or where it talks about, you know, hey, remember that time like 10 years ago? There was this guy, you know, there it,
1: it, various warnings about false prophets in both mm-hmm. the gospels and in Paul's letters. Right. And in the Hebrew scriptures, because it's the false prophet dynamic is something that I think. You know, without being able to go back in a time machine and check it out to make sure. But my presumption is Mm -hmm. as long as humanity has had a spiritual life, there have been false prophets. And I'm willing to say today, there are false prophets. Mm -hmm. It's it's part of the human condition that we are going to be drawn to people who probably are confirming prejudices that we want confirmed, Mm -hmm. but we can't find confirmed by the true prophets going back to Jeremiah reading today mm-hmm. that we want the world to work in a certain way we want ourselves to be the righteous ones and right. so we're going to be drawn to people who affirm that we, we and want it happens over and over in scripture and in right. life today
0: we want we want our our understanding of truth and justice to prevail right um, so so in, in other words this is kind of Jesus uh, telling uh, the people of his hometown like you're not going to like this <laughs> right? because I'm not called just to lift you up as, you know, God's chosen people. I'm here for everyone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And if anything, I'm probably going to convict, you know, try to convict you uh, more than, than, than others because you've heard this message for a long time. And, you know, I, I, my message is, is probably going to come across a little bit sharp more sharply for you. <laughs> well, and yeah, and there's there's
1: the dimension of many many humans see the world as a as a zero sum game mm-hmm. that if I have enough to eat, someone else doesn't, but if I give away what I have, then I won't have enough to eat rather than saying, "Oh, well, maybe we can figure out a way for everyone to have more than enough to eat." Mm-hmm. And so, any kind of prophetic voice that says this is for everyone is going to sound, at the very least, as unrealistic, but also will threaten one's own sense of am I okay or not, and will I be
0: okay or not. Well, and I have to imagine for for the Jewish people, specifically, uh, especially, and we've had several readings over the past couple of weeks that kind of feed into this concept. Uh, you know, at this point in time, they're they've got to be feeling, you know, when the Messiah comes, it's our turn, right? You know, and like we've we've suffered enough, uh, and and you know, obviously, I I think I think that's fair to say, mm-hmm. but um, the expectation would be now we're we're finally going to get our due. We're going to be lifted up to a prominent position of authority and power, and even just plain old justice.
1: Yeah, I mean, even even without the power, there's any fairness in this
0: world, we'll get to rule, reign, and be first, finally, for a while,
1: or at least be treated well. Yeah, we can we can put it down to a much more reasonable level Mm -hmm. of an expectation that when the Messiah comes, at least life will be fair. Right, and the examples Jesus gives. Life is still unfair because the there were, as as it says, there were lots of people who were hungry. There were lots of people who were lepers, and only a total of two people were helped. Right. And so life is still unfair. Life is still difficult. Life is still going to be a struggle. And that's not what people want to hear from the potential Messiah.
0: I would imagine that's not what some people want to hear today. Right. I mean, yeah. Uh, Cause that, that does not equate with our level, you know, our understanding of fairness. That's, you know, right. You know, sometimes we have to make up for the sins of the past or, you know, to make things equal. And, and that's not, that doesn't quite, there's, there's there's, some of that kind of seems to jive. It does not jive with our human understanding of what would be fair. And Mm -hmm. this is him kind of correcting that and saying, you got to rethink it a little bit. I mean, it's just not,
1: Mm-hmm. It goes back to the Corinthians uh, being able to only see dimly at this point, mm-hmm. that we really have to simply trust in God that we will be okay, even if we aren't having lives that we would like, Right. and lives that we'd hope for for our children. Um, I'm thinking of a tiny future orientation uh, that instead is just day by day try to be faithful to God's love and sharing it with others, and then things will work out, mm-hmm. uh, but not necessarily in the ways that we anticipate
0: or would hope for. Well, and in light of that, uh, the, I scroll back to uh, uh, one of those verses, and in verse 5 of, the, of our First Corinthians reading, what now stands out to me is that one line that says, we're talking about love is patient, love yeah. is kind, blah, blah, yeah. blah. It does not insist on its own way. Yeah, flat, flashing neon light there. <laughs> right. It is, you know, that it's, it's you know, different. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, and if we insist on our own way, we'll find ourselves metaphorically constantly trying to throw God off the cliff. Hmm. And say, get out of my life because I want it my
0: way. And with that, uh, we'll let the listener throw us off a cliff. That's right. (laughs) Uh, And we've reached the end of our podcast. And uh, so thank you so much for for joining us. Uh, Again, if you have any questions, comments, please feel free to email us at shortcut at org, And uh, we'll be happy to to discuss them. uh, Or
1: come to church on Sunday at 8 and 10. You can have some discussion time
0: after. Absolutely. Well, with that, uh, I really appreciate you joining with us. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.